All right, for this Frank conversation, we'll start with a question. We have a series of questions, but this one first. What the heck is cryptocurrency? Excellent question. And I'll start it off with the words of Satoshi Nakamoto, inventor. He's a mysterious person, but he's inventor of Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is a purely peer-to-peer version of electronic cash that would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution. You follow? Well, that was John Doral, economics professor at the University of Tampa. He specializes in cryptocurrency economics, and during our conversation, John just kept mentioning something called a blockchain. A blockchain is basically keeping the information over time so that the information is perfect and it cannot be altered. So the chain connects back to the original transactions, and each transaction adds like a part of the chain. Then there's this. So Bitcoin is not alone in this whole uh, form of transaction, right? I mean, you and I discussed this offline. There are three options out there right now. Yeah, so Bitcoin was the first back in 2009, comes out, and it develops for the, you know, the past 13 years. We had Ethereum, which is also, that's the number two based on market cap, based on size of, of use and value. So we have Ethereum at number two. And in the future, we're going to see, they call them CBDCs, central bank digital currencies. Uh, some countries are farther along than others. For example, China's digital yuan is pretty far along. Uh, the Federal Reserve is, I would say, in the early stages, but they are acknowledging that this is coming. When you say this is coming, how imminent are we talking? The timeline is anyone's guess, and it's up for debate. But uh, JP Morgan is developing a stable coin. That's a, a form of a cryptocurrency. Uh, the IMF had a meeting in April, and they lived, the title of the meeting was The Future of Money. The topic was cryptocurrencies. That's the International Monetary Fund, which is kind of the, uh, the UN of banks, we'll say. So the bankers, the public sector, like IMF, UN, Federal Reserve, they're letting the private sector, which is Ethereum and Bitcoin and uh, all the other coins, do the initial work. John didn't always support cryptocurrency, and honestly, like most folks, he didn't know what it was. How long have you uh, been an economist? I guess seven years, seven, eight years. Seven, eight years ago, did you think you'd be here? No. Actually, seven, eight years ago, yeah, one of my good friends sat me down. He said, you heard of uh, this thing called Bitcoin? I said, that sounds kind of silly. <laughs> Wait, the economist in you said that sounds silly. Yeah, Bitcoin. I said, what is it? He says, it's kind of like a stock. I said, well, I'm not really interested. I would, I would rather buy something I understand, like oil stock, you know. So I put my money into oil. Uh, in hindsight, I should have bought some Bitcoin. Uh, he's a lot richer than me. <laughs> so, but he just didn't explain it properly to me. A lot of people think it's a stock right now. It's not a stock. It's a digital commodity. So like a digital store of wealth. Okay. 
You know inflation remains a problem, and maybe you're feeling it at the grocery store, at the pump, through housing, even healthcare. Even if you've had some savings, you've probably dipped into it just to hold you over. Middle-class America is hurting by inflation, which is caused by the banks. So whether these digital currencies will solve these problems is up for debate. But people are losing faith in the current system, and they're looking for alternatives. An alternative doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be good. I think the verdict's still out on this could be really good, could be really bad. You bring it home quite literally when you talk about groceries, right? Because, yes, indeed, the price of eggs and everything else has gone up. Um, and, you know, we were talking about this and you kind of alluded to it momentarily there. The future of money is cryptocurrency. But the question is, which currency and how long will it take to make this transition? So we're kind of putting this plane together as we're flying it or so yeah. it seems. Yeah, it's it's exciting. It's interesting and it's scary. I want to introduce you to Jeff Seckinger. So we are really just getting started in a brand new asset class, which again, very rarely happens in anyone's lifetime. Jeff is an entrepreneur who founded Orca Capital, a cryptocurrency hedge fund. Jeff, with cryptocurrency, the key word is educate. There's a lot of people who have a lot of interest in this sector of business, but not exactly sure what it means. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a very confusing because it's a new asset class, which is very rare for that to happen, for an asset class to come out of nowhere. But uh, all the signals are showing that it's not just a fad and a trend, and it's something that people should really take seriously and, and absolutely educate themselves on. So when did you initially delve into cryptocurrency? Yeah, so all the way back in 2013 when Bitcoin was trading around $130, and then I uh, it was a straight uh, speculative type investment, sold it a year later in 2014, and then I started to work for one of the largest banks in the United States in asset management in 2017, and left that bank in 2018, and then went full-time in this industry in uh, early 2019. Was there any apprehension on your part at any point? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the majority of the, uh, of, especially back in 2017, it wasn't really accepted and no one thought, everyone thought it was, you know, a, a somewhat of a fad and a trend that was going to die off. And uh, it's turned out that it has not been that way. And this industry has evolved massively. And there's been a, a, a lot of institutional adoption, especially in the last six months. Uh, but absolutely, it wasn't an easy jump to make. But typically, you know, if you understand uh, trends and, and are able to make a move on a trend quicker than the rest of you know the mass population and you can typically benefit pretty heavily from it see how do we do that because you know i mean something seems like a great idea at the time and then it's no longer popping how did you determine that this indeed was and is the way of the future so it, you know it goes back to just like doing fundamental research into what it actually is. So while the space is, there's a lot of noise and the majority of it is nonsense, to be honest. Um, one of the most valuable things I did was doing research on not just what cryptocurrency is, but the underlying blockchain technology. And once I understood that blockchain is just really an, an open accounting book to store and record transactions and data, I realized, wow, transactions and data you know, storage with no counterparty risk is a pretty big deal. Um, and I started to do a ton of research into, okay, how can that then translate into a bunch of different industries, both on the retail and the business side, and realize that there's likely going to be a lot of development in this space. And also just seeing, 
you know, a, 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 we're still early, by the way. So I don't want people to think that we're we're late to the, the boat here. The typical question is, what what coin is going to go way up here soon? And and the answer is uh, is there's really no answer because no one can predict the future. But what I would say is the most, in my opinion. I like to bet on like infrastructure and industries that are growing quickly because you know the infrastructure has to be there in order for the industry to grow. So what I what we typically like to invest in is these ones called layer one uh, protocols or like they have their own blockchain and you can invest in the coin behind the blockchain. So like Ethereum is one of them, uh, BNB, which is you know Binance's coin, is one of them. Uh, there's a bunch of different you know Cardano, Avalanche, Polkadot. Um, what you're doing is you're betting on the underlying blockchain because you can do an analysis into something called a block explorer. It's like look at, hey, are the number of transactions, the number of new wallets, the number of developers, all these things you can look up online to see that there's more activity on that blockchain. And the more activity, it's, it's called the ecosystem effect, the more value that will be created into that ultimate coin because it's used to pay for all the gas fees for every transaction and it's also used as a native currency within inside of that ecosystem so it's very similar to like aws amazon web services you can go build an application or host a website on there uh it's pretty much the same thing you can you can utilize these different blockchains in order to do so so there is an actual logical way to look into it if you want to bet on more of the like infrastructure type thing you can you can bet on some coins behind the blockchain so um that would be because a lot of these coins have no utility and uh, they really do nothing and ultimately long term they're, they're likely to probably go down in price in my opinion you don't have to just go buy a random coin and hope that it goes up i i really don't think that's very wise first of all everyone should always be doing their own research but you can work with you know different funds and financial advisors that understand this industry or you can take the the other side of the spectrum and be like hey i just want to work in this industry so maybe you want to be a blockchain developer those guys are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year just because they understand you know software engineering and understand how to write code and that space is going to rapidly explode because all these different businesses like i just mentioned with Meta, Starbucks, Disney, all these major companies are launching their own NFT programs and they all need developers. So I think it's also a thing where you don't only have to go speculate on a, on a coin that you, you saw online. You can also you know, start to work inside the industry because anytime an industry grows rapidly like this, it needs some type of employment and, and you know, uh, workers to, to help the industry grow. What lessons have you learned along the way where you're going to say, you know what, I won't do that again? Um, not over leveraging, um, using proper portfolio allocation, you know, the, the typical, you know, efficient frontier and modern portfolio theories still apply to, uh, these speculative assets. So understanding that, you know, you you should never have one point of failure with inside of your portfolio and never take a a really large position. We saw that, you know, the people that, that over leveraged and, and, or just, allocated imprudently and bought a bunch of you know that luna coin that went to zero overnight um that's an exact example while that is a a rare case that does not happen often whatsoever um that is you know just shows an an example that hey you should never uh, just have exposure and have one point of failure to one asset or one asset class so i would say just diversification and uh, understanding just you know how to how to invest prudently is still applies to this industry as well Another expert told me if you're going to get in, you know, you can start small, right? Just start small, baby steps. But small is relative, Jeff. I, I don't know what small is. What does that mean? 
Yeah, so, you know, like I was just mentioning with, with Ray Dalio, right, and, and even J.P. Morgan, they suggest somewhere between 1% and 3% of an investment portfolio in cryptocurrency. And this is not just, you know, them saying, okay, that, that, that sounds like a good number. If you were to look at the statistics on adding uh, crypto into, into a, a well-diversified portfolio, if you were to add, you know, a regular 60-40 portfolio, 60% equities, 40% bonds, if you just added 2.5% of that portfolio into Bitcoin from 2014 to 2020, that increased the return from 26% to 45%. And then if you actually increase that to just a 5% exposure in that same well-diversified portfolio to, you know, 5% of Bitcoin, that return, instead of being 26% in that regular 60-40 portfolio, it would have been 65%. So you can more than double the return, at least historically, if we were to look at the facts, more than doubling the portfolio and lower the volatility uh, as well in that overall investment portfolio, just by having a little exposure to it. So it all depends on your conviction, right? If if you've done your research and you really believe in the industry, maybe you have a higher exposure. But at least a lot of the the larger banks and and, and big hedge fund managers are starting to recommend anywhere between like one and five percent of a of a you know quote unquote safer, more traditional investment portfolio. While both Jeff and John admit, like anything new to you, this can be intimidating. But through patience and education, you can find gains. Now, both also told me, since this technology is not going anywhere, they have seen an increase in demand for folks to manage companies' blockchain security. Something to keep in mind moving forward if you're looking for work. And a special thanks to John and Jeff. You know we air these bi-weekly these frank conversations, so check out the previous episodes. And until next time, have a good one.